As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Staples Show Game Day Edition. This is a special edition. This isn't even a regular episode of the show. We're, we're putting this one in to get you ready for kickoffs. We're recording this on Thursday. We're dropping this on Thursday. You got games to watch tonight. You got games to watch Friday. You got games to watch Saturday. And I, I feel like the guy who is joining us is the person you want coming over to your watch party. You are Dan Katz, big cat from, from Pardon My Take. You are America's house guest when it comes to, to watching sports. I okay, so I appreciate that, Andy. I'm very excited to be on. Uh, I love talking college football. You're gonna we're doing a home and home, so you're gonna be on. Pardon my take on Monday after the weekend has transpired for uh, Tuesday's show. Um, I appreciate that very much. I think I don't know if I am uh, the perfect house guest for watching games simply because I'm an emotional better. And uh, there are mood swings, but I, 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 I will. That's the best kind because I, I, can, I can use my phone because one of my favorite things after a major college football upset or, or just crazy result is the videos that come out of people just breaking stuff in their kitchen. Yes. So you'd be, you'd be perfect. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, yeah, like I love college football. I love just sitting down and watching the entire, you know, 12 hours. Um there's just something about it, the rhythm to the day of a of a Saturday, a fall Saturday, like getting up, looking at the entire board, watching some terrible Big Ten game at you know to start the day. Then maybe you know going into your SEC game, it gets a little weird. Maybe there's a weird ACC game going on in that middle slate. Then you get the nightcap, and then at the end of the night, you're going Pac-12, Hawaii. I've done the, you know, one of my favorite things to do is uh, listen to the Hawaii game on radio because it wouldn't be broadcasted because <laughs> I've, you know, bet so much on that game. Um, or putting on the alerts on Twitter. That's the other move I do. Like if there's some random s- school that doesn't have any updates, I'll put the alerts on so that I can follow along. Um, but yeah, there's nothing better than college football. I, I truly, truly love it. I feel like... Um, you know, NFL is obviously king, but there is something about college football. There's something about a college football Saturday that uh, you just can't replicate it. Well, you were talking on your show the other day about how much you love to argue about rankings. And, and you ju- the, the thing is, you don't actually necessarily care that much. You just like the argument. And that, this is, this is my, my thing about rankings. They are for entertainment purposes only. I'm a former AP poll voter and and... When I tell people what it's like to actually vote on the AP poll, they get very mad because I'm like, you do realize that once you get to like 11 or 12, like 11 or 12 through 20 are all the same. And then 20 through 40 are all the same. So if I put your team 23 and you're mad because I didn't put it 21, I can't really help you there. Like, yeah, I don't have a good reason. It's fantastic. I love I love the rankings because. We j- especially as you get deeper into the season, you have more uh, as the as the experts call them d- uh, data points, data points. Um, there's something about the argument that happens, 
And Twitter's a wasteland. We both agree. It's it's just it's become a terrible app. And I know I say that, and people are like, "Well, you're on it all the time." I am because it's part of my job. But I can't help myself. Yeah, I can't help myself. I know I understand that my addiction to Twitter. But uh, my favorite thing that it is used for now is obviously jokes, but also uh, trivial sports debates where you can really actually like argue with someone for an entire morning about whether Texas A&M deserves to get in or not. And then at the end of the day, they're going to hold their opinion, and I'm going to hold my opinion. We're not going to change anything, but it, I don't know. It just kind of gets you a little bit farther down the line of the day. So I, I love college football debates. It is, um, you know, people are so passionate about their teams, and they're so passionate about uh, their conferences. By the way, we didn't even bring up um, – I'm part of an alliance now, so don't even ask about oh, that. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, no, no. Okay. No, what, oh, what is the alliance? Uh, well, well, I can't. I don't think I can speak about it, but uh, it's the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. We're a power alliance, um, oh. and we're oh, going to this. Al- oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to be alliance. doing things oh, that okay. you wouldn't even dream of. Um, you did should they, be did worried. They, did they tell you what they were doing? Uh, did they, yeah, I, I realize. You see, I'm. An, I, I went to an SEC school, so I understand why you might find me to be the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to tell you, though, I, I didn't take Texas and Oklahoma uh, myself. They, they actually didn't call me. They called Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. Um, but I, I don't feel like I'm the villain here. Like, if someone knocked on my door and offered me three bags of cash if I just needed to hang out with these two rich guys, I don't think I would say no. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame the SEC. I don't blame Oklahoma and Texas. I just love... The Big Ten was like, all right, well, we got to do something. Let's create an alliance. It's it's the fli- it's a day one survivor alliance that's like, all right, well, <laughs> once is. we get to episode three, someone's gonna screw over someone else here. Like this, this is the flimsiest thing I've ever seen. But I'm gonna, I'll be totally honest with you, Andy. For a brief moment, it kind of gave me some comfort. Like it, it solved <laughs> the the uh, knee jerk. We have to do something. Like SEC's gobbling everyone. Yes. We have to do something. That alliance that they announced. I was like, you know what? It's gonna be okay. And yeah, of course. Like maybe thirty minutes later, when I came to my senses, I was like, wait, what? What the hell are we talking about here? Like this doesn't even mean anything. But for that brief moment, I felt it was like a warm hug. The alliance. The alliance will save college football. <laughs> well, and and you're a Wisconsin guy, so. For the Big Ten, it's great. It's like picking up a couple of lackeys yeah. who will just do your bidding. Like, the ACC will get your coffee, and the Pac-12 will pick up your dry cleaning. Yes. And that that's that's all you want. Yes, and it is a scary time if you are a team. You know, like, Wisconsin, I think, is okay because, you know, we're, we're not – obviously, Michigan, Ohio State, and I, I'm not talking about on the field because Wisconsin has been significantly right. better than Michigan for the last two decades. I want that <laughs> we'll noted. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I want that noted. Yes. But it, there is a little bit of a helplessness when you root for a team that is not a traditional power and that isn't like, you know, a traditional title contender where if Ohio State wanted to just screw Wisconsin, they could, and there's – Literally nothing I could do about it. Nothing. So there is that helplessness that, that it does feel like I'm just kind of like, okay, my cool friend Ohio State, like I hope you keep wanting to hanging out with me because it's good for us, but the second you find a better party, like I know there's a chance you could leave and I could be screwed. No, no, no. Here's the deal. If we're talking members of the friend group, Wisconsin is the big dude in the Hawaiian shirt who always brings beer yeah. and and – possibly can can hold a keg over each shoulder and he's always useful and he's always fun trust me there's a place for wisconsin in any universe okay. so let's say let's say the ultimate big 10 you know just nightmare scenario they're they're, they're the one they, they keep talking about that's probably never going to happen but the nightmare scenario in the big 10 that everybody just wants to join the sec and they create a super league Wisconsin's in that Super League. Nobody is leaving out that party from the Super League. Like LSU fans went and checked them out with with the they did the Texas and, and Green Bay thing, and and they played the two games against Wisconsin. They they were there to check them out, and they're like, oh no no, these guys these guys party. Okay, they, they can stay. They can stay. I, so you're good. Okay, nothing to worry I, about. I I I hope you're right. Um, by the way, that was that was the Bart Houston game in Green Bay when. Uh, when we Wisconsin ended Les Miles' career, Wisconsin birthed Coach no, no. O. Auburn ended 
Auburn ended Les Miles' I, career, but Wisconsin helped. If you if they had won that, if LSU had won that game, I think that they, I think he would have, I think he would have been, he would have finished the string, right? Because like that was, remember that was a little bit. No, of a they shock. they had tried to fire him. They had tried to fire him at the end of the season before, and and that was a, that was such an interesting one because I was I was doing a lot of radio at the time, and I remember. Like we get LSU fans calling in that in the end of the 2015 season when they were saying, uh, you know, he's probably going to be fired, and then Kirk Herbstreit and everybody else, like, how could you fire Les Miles? And then they carried him off on their shoulders after the A&M game. But every call we got from someone who was an actual LSU fan was like, thank God, they're finally getting rid of him. And everybody who wasn't LSU, how can you fire Les Miles? He won a national championship. He eats grass. Yeah, and like. But no, that definitely helped. And uh, yeah, I heard you guys talking to, to Leonard Fournette about that. I, I know you gave him a little little shot well, there, but that's... Hey. Well, the, if you remember the year before, we should have won that game, but uh, fell apart. I think we were starting... Ta- uh, uh, what, what's his name? Tanner McAvoy, who was a safety. And that what? Ta- former, yeah. former South Carolina Gamecock, Tanner McAvoy. Yeah, and then we put him at, at quarterback, and he was so... Because I think Joel Stave had the yips. I mean, here's the thing. Um, for people who were <laughs> about the yips. yeah, he had the yips. There's been some. There's been some interesting quarterbacks uh, through la- throughout the last two decades. I um, people like college football fans in general are crazy, and I love that about them. Mm-hmm. I think I, I and people will push back at this, but I am a realistic fan, and I know exactly what Wisconsin is, and I always so people try to hurt me. With, you know, oh, Wisconsin's never going to be this or that. I'm like, I know. I know exactly what we are. I even have a bet with one of my best friends that was by the time we turn, I think it's by the time we turn 40, so it's coming up in like four years here. By the time we turn 40, no, that Wisconsin will not win a national title in basketball or football. And I took no. And we were at, we sat at the, uh, the title game in Indianapolis against Duke together, and we drove back to Chicago <laughs> after, like, didn't say a word. So, like, I'm realistic. I know I know what we are. I'm just always scared that uh, someday they're going to be like, all right, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you, they're going to bounce, and I'm going to be stuck sitting here like, all right, we, I guess we'll play Northwestern four times a year. No, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think Wisconsin has, has sort of – ascended into that next group and the other thing about wisconsin look wisconsin's a huge school big alumni base like it's a brand that people want to watch so it it's not like they would be left behind by ohio state and penn state any any group that would want to do super league kind of thing would want wisconsin in it the the issue is you know there's a ceiling there when you're talking about wisconsin versus ohio state alabama clemson and you and other Wisconsin fans, I find to be the most realistic about the ceiling and the most understanding of the ceiling. Well, do you know what it is? I think I think it comes from the fact that it's relatively speaking new. It's not you know right. traditional like uh, college football is essentially a, a big party where the there are the have nots that are always have nots and have always been have nots and they're never going to be really anything. So they're just kind of there. And then there are the people who were something 50 years ago and they're still walking around talking about how great they are. And so any new – any team that's had success semi-recently has a little bit more awareness because there's nothing to fall back on. There's nothing like, oh, yeah, well, we won 10 titles in 1950 because we played uh, the Detroit YMCA. That's not a shot at any team, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it is a shot at Michigan and it's fine. Uh, we 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 will take all shots at, at Michigan men because you know they blackballed Notre Dame in the in the teens and they, they they've they've given as much as they've gotten. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You mentioned that awareness. I will, I will disagree. I will push back on that because you and I both went to schools that found their success in the 90s. And it, it still blows my like. I always feel like Barry Alvarez making Wisconsin into a, a, a really respectable football program should have happened. It feels like something that happened in the 70s. But it's right. something that happened in the 90s. And I went to Florida. Steve Spurrier turned Florida into a respectable program in the night. And Florida, Florida didn't win an SEC title for the first 80 years it played football, and the one, it, the first one it won, it got yanked away by the NCAA. So, like they, they weren't good for 90 years, and then all of a sudden they were great for like 20 years. And mm -hmm. there is zero awareness among the Florida fan base that it might not come back. Like they, 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 they think that the national titles are their birthright now. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with them. See, I would be that way if I went to Florida because the geography matters. And if you're in the state of Florida, it's like, of course, we're going to have the recruits to be national title contenders. So I'm going to actually say the Florida fans delusion is completely warranted and I'm cool <laughs> with it. I really am. There are certain fan bases where I'm like, you know what? You should be like that. Like th it makes sense. And then there are certain fan bases where I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like it's never, it's never really coming back." It's it's weird though because like having grown up in this part of the country, and and my mom went to Alabama, and and so and then my dad went to South Carolina, so they're they're used to just being kind of the also ran. But and I was a South Carolina fan growing up. I went to Florida because I had a, a scholarship, and and you know wound up meeting Steve Spurrier and like, oh yeah, you actually are cool. You're not the villain that I see on TV. Uh, but, you know, the idea that if you don't win the national championship, you have failed was sort of mm -hmm. ingrained in me for life. And I, I wonder what, I can't, I wonder what it would be like to grow up in a different environment where you didn't have to win the national championship every year. So tell well, me, this is, Dan, who grew yeah, up in so the this Midwest, is, how, yeah, what's so that like? This, this, is, this is what, uh, when people push back about college football, and they're like, college football is so is not fun because you know who's going to win. You know who's going to end up being there at the end of the year. It's the four teams. I always say, like, it's not about that. And I know this might sound like loser talk, but rivalry games, winning big games. Like, some of my favorite memories are uh, Wisconsin winning a big game that didn't end up, obviously, in a national title, didn't end up in a BCS Bowl. Like, all these things, like beating Ohio State when they're number one. Going on there. the road, which, which I, I was twice, so the, the, I think, right? Two, 2010. So Terrell yep. Pryor coming in. And, and my favorite memory of that night, other than when Jim Trestle's giving his press conference and they announced, please stay off the goalposts. Uh, that was like he, it, the, it, the, the speaker, PA speaker, took over the mic or the speakers that Jim Trestle's mic was using. So he's talking, and then all you hear is, please stay off the goalposts. And then I'm walking walking across the, the field to go interview uh, Brett Bielema and, and the Badgers, and I find one flip-flop. There is one flip-flop at, like, the 20-yard line, and I want to know the story behind the other flip-flop and who's attached <laughs> was to it. That was a that was a great night. You know, I think it, we I think they were ranked number one in two thousand three as well off their national title. Mm -hmm. I was you yep. know at that game. So the, there are moments. You know, Russell Wilson in the uh, Big Ten championship game. You know, I've I've been to a couple of Rose Bowls. They didn't really work out, but I don't know. College football is more than just. And again, it's going to sound like loser talk. Winning a title, it's about. The friendships, it's about going to games together, it's about tradition, it's about having those memories, those big games. Like, it really is, we have a guy here um, who's from England who's, uh, when the Super League happened, he's an Arsenal fan, and he was saying oh, that, like, Absolutely. Yeah, troops, electric. So he was saying, like, you know, the NFL is, is a business, you know, baseball's a business, football in his, you know, soccer is a sport. He was like, this is a sport. People are, the passion that people have for it is different than all the other businesses. And I think that that's 
comparable to college football in America where it's like the NFL is a business and you know if your team doesn't win the Super Bowl it's a failed year. College right. football is like you're it's it's a it's a sport and it, it's you live and die it and and it just feels I don't know it's just going to the games, the traditions, everything that goes into it makes it great. So, yeah, when people say, "Hey, you're not Alabama, you're not Clemson, you're not Ohio State, you're not going to win a national title." I've made peace with that. You know, I know. I know. Well, and the thing is, it, it is, it's a more hopeful sport, too. We, we did a, a reader survey at The Athletic, and, and the results are coming out tomorrow. And we, it's called the Hope-O-Meter. We actually stole it from our, our colleagues over in England who did it with the Premier League. And the results are drastically different. Like, in the Premier League, the hope, you know, lives with, like, six teams. And you'd think with college football, because there's only, like, six teams that can win the national title, it'd be the same thing. But we had there were 61 schools where we had enough responses to to really see something. 53 of those schools, more than 50 percent of the people said they were hopeful about the season. Like there's just there's just more like Indiana and Kentucky were at a hundred percent. And I, I get it. Like if Tom Allen were my coach, I'd be a hundred percent hopeful too. But yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And and like if Indiana wins nine games. That's an unbelievable season. You know what I mean? For yeah. Indiana football, that hasn't been something. So, yeah, I, I, I really do always do push back on people who are like, well, who cares? You know who wins in the end. It's not what it's about. It's 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 something bigger than that, and uh, it is special. I, I, I truly love college football on, like, a, a deeper level than, than kind of any other sport. Yeah, it's about the beer we drank and the ribs we ate along the way. That, yes. That's what it's about. Yes, <laughs> it's, yes exactly. Or, Exactly, or, or or the alligator on a spit at an LSU tailgate in, in one case. Yes, so, yes. You you guys, you and you and your partner PFT commentator were, were down there. When did I see you down? It was an Alabama game a few years. ago. It was ago. when they didn't score. Yeah, it was like yes, two or three years so, ago. So yeah, the, the year the year before LSU won the national title, uh, and and so that was that was your first LSU tailgate experience. I take it. How how did that go for you? It was incredible. I uh, I tell everyone that like that is an event and spectacle that is unlike anything else I've been to. And you know I haven't been to every college stadium, but I've been to a decent amount. I've been to all the big ones in the Big Ten. I've been to you know a few SEC ones. I've been some Pac twelve. All you know all around. So I've I've seen a lot of college football atmospheres. There's just like I remember walking onto the field because we were we were lucky enough to get uh, passes and um, the sound it was like thunder it was it was so loud that my ears hurt and it was just something like it was a sound that I don't think I've ever heard at a stadium before and again LSU didn't score at all so um, they never cheered so that kind of stunk but I just remember the pregame sound was so incredible. And the tailgate scene was so awesome that I was just like, man, this is, it's different. And I, and I hate to give the SEC credit because I do like to, you know, pretend that there's a big 10 SEC rivalry, even though there's really not. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is, uh, it means more. It means more in LSU. I can, I'm, I'm, it's okay for it, me to say that. Well, and that's what I tell people. They say, well, what, you know, what's the best atmosphere? And, and it, LSU is the best atmosphere. And an LSU Alabama game at, in Baton Rouge the entire day is the best sports experience that America has to offer. Yes. And when, when I've talked to people who, who've never, never done one before, never been in that environment before, and they're like, well, it can't be that much better than everything else. And then they go and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, there's nothing. It's this like when I tell people the LSU fans are the best tailgaters and I get like Kansas City Chiefs fans going, well, we're, we're good tailgaters. And no, you're not even in the same, like you're – single a compared to these people they're the major leagues yes it's it's um i guess i'd liken it to like if you know you go out you know drinking with your buddies let's say you know throughout college and there's a million nights where you're out there and those are all like regular tailgate that's going to iowa city that's going to happy valley all these places then there's that one night you probably look back at and you're like that was the best night ever like everyone you know the night where everyone was on their a game and everyone had fun yeah and we had like stories an entire, forever. entire cheerleading squad came yeah. in and, yeah. and everybody was everybody you know was was hitting every joke and everybody was yeah. laughing and everybody went home with somebody. Was, yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's an LSU tailgate. That's right an there. LSU tailgate. Every other tailgate's a, a Thursday night where you, you might've had a few beers and 
and it was a good time, but it's nothing to to remember long term. So that's the LSU tailgate. It was it was truly incredible. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to go back. I don't know when I'll go back. And the, uh, we were at the national championship game too, which was also incredible in in New Orleans. Yeah, so they're a fun bunch. I th- so I actually have a a bet uh, this weekend with my podcast co-host Ari Wasserman, and I'm an I'm an idiot. Uh, I gave him too many points, but I thought I needed to to get him to take the bet. He's not as bullish on LSU as I am this year. So the the line has actually moved down to to LSU minus three. It was LSU minus four and a half when we made this bet. But I I just I am that confident that UCLA has not had to face this kind of collection of athletes before and that they're just not that even though UCLA will probably be the best UCLA team of the Chip Kelly era at UCLA and they might even win the Pac-12 South I just don't think they're going to have a chance against LSU so I gave Ari 15 points and if I lose yeah I know if I lose have you seen uh the video of the Kentucky quarterback Will Levis eating a banana yes 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 I have to eat a banana like that if I lose. Now Ari has to eat a banana like that if uh, if LSU wins by more than fifteen. So 15? Uh, the Will Levis, yeah, the Will Levis challenge is the is the stakes. I know it's a ton of points, but I just I, I don't I don't get real confident. I don't usually go out on a limb and say I think this team's going to do this or I think this team's going to do that. Uh, the last time I remember being that confident about a team was in 2013. I went to Tallahassee for Florida State's media day. And they do the team photo before they go in and do all the interviews. So we're standing out on the field, and they're all lining up for the team photo. And I, I texted Ralph Russo from the Associated Press. because I was still voting in the poll at the time. I was like, uh, Ralph, I'm going to need to move FSU up like 10 spots. Like, <laughs> I got him. I'm, I'm going to need him as close to number one as possible. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think that UCLA, that that win against Hawaii was a little overrated just because Hawaii, I think, is very bad. And um, I, I just... I want LSU to be good. Last year was such a, a disaster, and I'm a huge Coach O guy. I was I'm a Coach O guy from uh, when he was interim at USC because that was our entire thing. We we kept on betting him. He was incredible. He, he brought the back spread. cookies. He brought yeah. back cookies to the training table. He was so good against the spread. I think he went six and one against the spread at USC yep. as the interim, and then he did it again at LSU because he's got that type of juice. Um, so the only thing that would make me nervous, Andy, and, and this is how I handicap most of my games, is that Chip Kelly has brought the visor back. And I saw, I saw it. That. I saw the tweet on last Saturday where it was like, Chip Kelly's wearing the visor for the first time since Oregon. And I said, that's a mortal lock. Take him against Hawaii. So if he's in the visor again, I do think that's a tell. I think it's a tell Ooh. when when somebody – the coaches in, in college football, they, they aren't able to keep – like their confidence minimized. You know what I mean? Like you know when Jim Harbaugh has a good football team because he starts yes. talking and he starts going and he get you know, he does the whole thing. Like they these guys aren't like the NFL guys where they can kind of hide it a little bit. When they feel confident, they start doing the tells. Like Chip Kelly's gonna start, you know, like Teddy KGB eating an Oreo on the sideline. <laughs> like I just I don't know. Spoilers. There's something about the visor. It's in my head. Yeah. I I don't know. I I just don't with Chip Kelly. So we we had this argument on the podcast. Is this this may be more of a PFT conversation? I'm not sure. Is, is he the Harper Lee of of college football? Did he have the one great thing in him, and that was adjusting to the change in the clock rules to create the blur offense where no one else was prepared for it. No one else can do anything about it. But then, how do you top that? If that's your if that's what you came in on, like right. what's your next big idea? And and. I don't know that there's a next big idea. So what, what I see is, you know, 40th ranked recruiting classes running plays that look similar to kind of everybody else's plays. And yeah. against LSU, which I think will bounce back schematically from very just horrific coordinator hires last year. Uh, I, I just I don't have a lot of confidence in that. So. I still probably am going to have to eat the damn banana. Um, I think I can do it. I, it's not. I had to eat mayonnaise for for losing a bet last year, and that, my body just rejects mayonnaise entirely. Oh. So we we knew that was going to be disgusting, and it's it's sort of you know the videos you like to watch with people getting injured. Uh, oh yeah, the video of me trying to eat the mayonnaise right in that vein. By the way, I don't know if if Mike Leach went further down the rabbit hole or or if if this was a gateway thing, but I do know when I visited him once at at Washington State. 
on his uh, on his computer at in his office, he was watching YouTube clips of uh, bicycle accidents. So I don't know if he's if he's moving down the rabbit hole toward if if he's where you are in terms of the grotesque injury videos, but he might be. So you might have a conversation with him I, a little bit. I, later. I love it. I mean, that's that's also like we were just talking about you know why we love college football, but the the characters that are coaching are just it's the best. They are the Mike Leach just Mike Leach existing. And in, in who he is and his story, you could just, I just laugh thinking about it and like, you know, holding a sword and everything that comes with Mike Leach. It's just such a, such a weird, hilarious sport. It, it is. It is. Now you mentioned a few months ago that one of your favorite things about college football, and I, I, I had not thought about it this way until you said it this way, but it, it's completely true. You can have a bunch of arguments for which there is no answer. So mm-hmm. you can just continually argue. Yeah. And that makes it like that whole SEC Big Ten thing. That's what that is. I mean, you can cherry pick individual games. You can say, you know, Florida beat Ohio State and, uh, after the 2006 season or Ohio State beat Alabama after the 2014 season. But you can't you still can't do the the we're this and you're that. Like there's no real data to support either one. But you it's, just keep arguing. It's bowl season is the greatest season in the world because every single game is an argument. However, whatever the result is, you get to decide. It's choose your own adventure books. It's like, oh, UNC, uh, did, did Texas A&M beat them? I can't even remember how that they bowl did, went. They did, barely, yes. They beat them, but game, UNC yeah. was up on them, and Texas A&M doesn't care. But then UNC lost, but UNC didn't have their starters. Like, you could just flip-flop by the second during bowl season and it's the best and it's just like we're not even actually talking about any like none of this actually makes sense but we're sitting here play by play deciding which conference is the best which team is the best who should have been in the playoff like the fact that when Notre Dame gets to the playoff every year and gets blown out people are like they should never be in it again no they should be in it because they're the fourth best team Okay, that yes, the gap between the fourth best team and the first and second best team is monumental, but it doesn't mean that Notre Dame is not the fourth best team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the other thing. There are certain teams that just make people mad. Like Notre Dame, if I tweet, if I just tweet the words Notre Dame and hit send, it will generate a mass. Like I'll get ratioed. Okay, so I love this because let's do this real quick. What is the uh, Mount Rushmore of fan bases that, like, if you just say anything about them, they will lose their mind? Well, uh, so we, we're talking about. Fans who hate the other team, or or fan bases who lose their mind if you even mention their school, because that's not Notre Dame, but yeah. it definitely is Ohio State. Ohio yeah, State is is right up there. Let's call it. You put out a tweet that could uh, be viewed negative, but it's it's neutral. Your your intention is neutral, but it could have a negative connotation. Oh, Who's getting Ohio the most State, mad? Ohio State number one. Okay, with a bullet. There is no like second place is so far down on this. Yeah. One. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think who Nebraska. Although Nebraska, I've uh, watching Nebraska come to terms with what's happening uh, has been a little sad. It actually they've, has. Gone, they've gone through the stages of grief. I think they're yes. at acceptance now. Yeah, they're at full acceptance. Where it, you know, even as a, as close to like a year ago, there was still some fight in them. But I think it's kind of like, all right, this is just a total disaster, and it's a good it's a good lesson to uh, the the quote-unquote prodigal sons out there. Never go back. Never go home because if you fail, you got nothing else. Like, you can't exactly. go back again. Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost are proving it that once, you know, however it ends for them, they never have that return back home. No, and it's, it's, uh, it's ugly from there on out. Uh, Tennessee fans, I think, are yep. in this group too. Uh, they are the most – they are the most passionate fan base – of any sports team in America. I, I, I don't think people understand that in terms of pressure, 
the head coaching job for Tennessee football, the only other jobs that really compare are manager of the Yankees and coach of the Cowboys. That's it. Wow. Like, wow. If you've ever, you're probably not in Knoxville very often, but well, I, I covered I, the team for a couple of years. And I won a national listens, title there, Andy. I won a that, national oh, title Coach there. Dubs. So at yeah, least well, they, give me some they credit love, there. I know they, what it's they, like they, to coach in, in Knoxville. Well, Co- Coach Dubs got universal <laughs> praise because yes. he was amazing. Although they yeah. probably crapped on Coach Duggs on the radio a little bit, you know, week to week, <laughs> but but no, it is is like there's like ten competing sports talk shows, and all they do is just destroy Tennessee every single day, and so everything the coach does is parsed and 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 dissected. And it's not like that in Alabama. Like in Alabama, they understand okay. You, if, if there's nothing interesting going on in Alabama, we'll just talk about Auburn for a few minutes or we'll talk about Georgia. Everybody's up in everybody's business. It's cool. At Tennessee, every minute detail of the program gets completely dissected. And I would not take that job for $50 million. Oh, man. But the colors, the colors oh, are awesome. Beautiful. And the, the river, you can, t- you can go to the game on a boat. Come on. I know. I think I'm going to a game. I think I'm going to a game in Knoxville in, in uh, later this fall. So I'm excited to do that. So you, but yeah, you, that's you will love it. But if you if you mention the Tennessee on the internet, those fans will assume you are ripping them. But yeah, I, I and I say this with with love in my heart. It is because they love Tennessee too much that they are like this. And yes. I, I I I I love them because they are living and dying, and they just can't. Like, I don't know that they'll ever come to terms like Nebraska fans have. And I'm, I'm kind of here for it because I, I've talked to people who work at Tennessee and I've said, listen, you have the most passionate fan base in the world. You can be mad that they're mad and that they're negative and all that, but guess what? That's way better than them not caring because when yeah. they don't care, you've lost. Yeah. So they, they still care more than anybody else. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I'm going to throw one out there. I think right. Georgia might be on that list. For me, at least, Georgia fans, it, it reminds me of, like, they can say that Georgia's cursed and Georgia sucks and all that, but if you say it, it's like you're the worst. They, well, they, they also they the, jump They also get mad quick. if you say Georgia's good. Like, they get yes, really right. mad. I, I picked I pick Georgia to win the national title this year, and I had Georgia fans going, what are you doing to us? Why are you Just doing don't this? talk about us. Yeah, don't talk yeah. about us at all. Don't say our name. <laughs> yes, they, they absolutely cannot handle that. And they're just, they're just sitting there waiting that there's this existential dread just hanging over them that something, the piano is going to fall on their head at some point, which Texas A&M fans are the same way. They, but they're not – it's interesting. They're, they're very defensive of their program at A&M, but they, they get that there are criticisms. And like right. they, they understand. They're like, yeah, we don't you – know, the, the yell leader thing is kind of weird. And, and yes. the collie worship is a little odd. But, you know, that's what we do. So Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm trying to think who the, who the fourth one would be. There's, I, I'm, I'm trying to go down the line. Like Penn State fans – are, yeah. are, are kind of bad about that. But I, I, I feel like they've mellowed over the years. I'm Nobody trying to think. Really I'm, gets... I'm, yeah, I'm thinking from my own personal. I mean, I have things with Purdue fans. I have a little thing with them. Um, but they're not – they're always kind of nice. Like, there's never there's never. I'll some tell you real who you don't want to get on the wrong side of. You, you do not want to get on the wrong side of Iowa State fans. Oh, okay, oh, so that's a good one. Yes, every, yes. Every time I have mentioned – that Matt Campbell might possibly not retire at Iowa State, yes. they get very, very mad. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, it's never happened that a coach had tremendous success and said that all the right things and then eventually left. That's never happened in the history of college football. <laughs> but And, and, and I, I'm enjoying watching them be good, though, because the thing about Iowa State fans, they're mean on the Internet when you, when you said something they don't like. They are amazing in person. I yeah. was at the game. I was at the game when they beat Oklahoma State in 2011, the Friday night game, and uh, was on the field when they rushed the field. And you, these people love to party. They will. They will drink your town dry. They're just amazing, good people who love their school. And so that's what I never mind with them. Like when they yeah. get mad because they they've been kicked in the teeth a million times by their team. They're enjoying some success, and here I am peeing all over it. 
and I think you could say that for all the the fan bases we listed. Like that's also the beauty of it. You argue online, but if you meet anyone in real life, it's like it's fun. It's never it's never taken that that seriously. Obviously, I I don't know Alabama Auburn like that. Except Alabama, I was gonna say. Yeah, there's some no, shit. That, no that's no trees are poison until you get it. it yeah. Alabama Auburn, you get your trees poison. The 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 nastiest rivalry in America. And and people, I'm I'm not sure people from outside the South understand this. Is the Egg Bowl, Mississippi, yeah. Mississippi State, is is the nastiest rival. They hate each other. And there's it. It's this. It's the usual liberal arts school, ag school push pull, but there's just an extra layer of menace on it. I I really do feel like at some point, like there's going to be just a massive all out brawl on the stands. And uh, I mean, look. A guy pretended to pee like a dog, and everybody, everybody, both coaching staffs eventually got fired. Yes, yes. No, so we have a Mississippi State and a Mississippi fan in our office in New York, and I, I agree with you. It is maybe a little bit more from the Mississippi State side. There is true, yes. true, like, real well, that's, anger. That's Brand, That's Brandon. He, he's yes. just generally angry. But, right. yes, it is. There, the, you have the inferiority complex. There, there's a guy named um, Steve Robertson who covers – Mississippi State, and and he put it absolutely the best in this story that that Mark Schlebaugh did for ESPN uh, back during the one of those scandals. Uh, he said it, it's like two runt puppies fighting over the last heat, and it <laughs> it's perfect. About sums it up. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I love it. <laughs> well. Before I let you go, Big Cat, I, I just need to know, what, what are you most excited to watch this weekend? Which games do you have absolutely circled, either for just watching purposes or for gambling purposes? Yeah, so obviously the Wisconsin-Penn State game, I'm actually like, my body isn't ready for a game of this magnitude this early. I went to the game when Wisconsin played Alabama and Dallas. Like, obviously that was a big game, but I knew we weren't going to win that game. Um, this yeah, one, you should win this one. Yeah, this one matters because the Big Ten West is going to be very competitive this year. It might come down to this game. You know what I mean? Like I was. Yeah, gonna might, be it might come good. down to who you play from the East. Right. I was going to be good. Minnesota, I think, is going to have a nice bounce back. Um, so I'm very, very excited for that game. I'm excited for Georgia Clemson because I do think that Georgia, like, I just want to see Kirby Smart do it once, and and I know that that's he's done it. He's gotten Georgia their recruits, their program. They do it. They're rolling in a in a certain respect, but I want to see him have a game against a really top tier opponent and offensively get like creative and offensively push the ball downfield. Like that is the missing piece for Georgia to me, where it's like, all right, if they can do this, now I'm seeing okay, they they're going to win a national yeah. title. That, that's that's years. where it gets. That's where it gets scary with the level of talent they have. I, I want to get back to Wisconsin real quick before before you mention the other ones. I, I'm looking at the schedule, and I think the Badgers have the capacity to inflict the most psychological damage on other programs this year. Like, if Ooh. they beat Penn State, there will be an existential crisis at Penn State. Even though, like, let's say Penn State goes, this, you know, goes into this game, loses by three. There's no shame in losing by three in Madison, but... Because they were so scarred from last season, they will think the world is ending, and it won't be for like another month when they realize, oh no, they still are pretty good. That, that they get over it, and then and then you got Notre Dame, and you know the the revenge, the Jack Cone revenge game. Yep. Uh, but but if you beat Notre Dame, and that's the week before they play Cincinnati, like Notre Dame could lose a couple right there in September, and you're just like, uh oh, now what? Yeah, yeah. And then you, the Michigan game, I think, will and be. And then you get to the Mi I think Wisconsin is kind of fate. Yeah, well, it feels like every year that Wisconsin sort of decides Jim Harbaugh's fate. The last three years, at least, because you know they came to Madison and Wisconsin put it on them. They went to Michigan last year. Wisconsin put it on them. It really is a Wisconsin now is what Jim Harbaugh wants Michigan to be, like a yes. tough team that will grind you down, that will play bully ball. And so when those two teams get together in the last few years, it's kind of exposed everything that Jim Harbaugh has tried to build that not been able to. There was a screen grab I made, and I can't remember if it was last year's game or the year before. I think it was the year before. I was in, I was in a press box somewhere, and I, I was watching it on my computer, and I'm like, 
oh my God, as I watch a replay, and I just started hitting, you know, option open Apple three over and over again to get the screenshot. And it, I, I landed on the perfect screenshot because it was all five Wisconsin offensive linemen are <laughs> blocking their guy and winning that one-on-one against their against a Michigan player. And then the Wisconsin fullback is just destroying a Michigan linebacker. And all you see is green space and the ball yep. getting handed to the, to the back. And I was like, well, this sort of sums everything up. Yeah, it really does. Um, and then, so you, you're going through the Wisconsin schedule. Let me give you a prediction real quick because um, and, and anyone who's a, a big Badger fan will know exactly what I'm talking about right now. The key to figuring out what a Wisconsin schedule, how it will unfold, is you have to try to find when in the schedule a absolutely gut-wrenching, heart-like-rip-out-of-your-chest loss is going to happen. And the key is, like, you don't actually – it's not the usual suspects. It's never oh, I, I know. I, I'll tell you which yeah. one it's going to be. Okay, because I know straight, – second straight loss in Champagne, except this time it's to no. Brett. No. No? No. No, because they'll be ready for that because they're ready for that okay. because they lost the champagne in Champagne a couple years ago. I'm telling you, I, I actually I actually know exactly what it is. This is going to kill me. So Wisconsin, they actually should be favored in almost all their games. I don't know what the Notre Dame game will be. It's at Soldier Field. I'll be there. Um, Wisconsin's going to beat Iowa, and they're going to basically decide the West, and then they're going oh, no. go to go to Piscataway. Oh, no. The Nishianoed? You can get Shiano'd and play like a noon game off of a big win against Iowa and a sleepy start. And it's going to be one of those games where I'm like, wait, we're not going to lose this game. We're not going to lose this game. We're not going to lose this game. And then we're going to lose that game. I'm, I am oh. I see it. I can see it in my I, – I can see it right now. That is what – because there's the usual traps. Like Evanston, I've always said, Evanston, Illinois is the hardest place to play in college football. It truly sure. is. It is the, is the best home – advantage in college football it's not LSU everyone yeah yeah, well I remember that remember Stanford went there I was probably like six or seven years ago Stanford was supposed to have a great year they went there they played at 11 a.m local time there's less people in the stand than some of these guys played it it, for their high school and they just slept walk through the game so I'm always I'm always ready for the for the game in Evanston but I think the Rutgers game might be the game that that's why I, I love that Fox sort of took noon back as a as a quality game window because now I, I, I love that we can get Wisconsin Penn State at noon or we can get a, a big Oklahoma game at noon even though they they hate it but before they did that ESPN had no use for the noon noon window that's where they dump all the games so you'd, you'd watch game day you get super excited Lee Corso puts on the head you're like yes football 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 and then we take you now to Champagne, where Indiana is yes. kicking off against Illinois, and you can hear individual conversations in the stands while the yes. game is going on. So. But I love those games. I love those games. The games where it was like you're 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 20 minutes into the game, and there's been nine punts, a fumble, and a missed field goal. Nothing better. It's, it's great for a nap to get you ready for uh, for 3:30 games. So, yes. but but yes. you can't do that anymore. Now now you've got to watch a massive Big Ten game or a massive Big 12 game at noon. So. It's, yeah. it's perfect. So in any, anything else uh, for not so much for uh, your viewing pleasure, but for your gambling pleasure? Okay. Um, I do. And now I have a 25 play card. So um, <laughs> that's right. That's, I forgot. About yeah. This. 25 <laughs> plays. Um, so and, and let me just say it right now. I'm not a good gambler. I did go 54 percent last year and I made like 450 picks. So that was a good year. But I, I for the most part, do not know what I'm talking about. Um, but. I do think, and I would love to hear your take on it real quick, I do think that Arizona is going to be one of the worst teams in college football. And I think that Zach Wilson leaving BYU, people are like, well, that you know, he's the number two pick. BYU, not going to be good. BYU's still got like 29-year-old dudes with three kids playing offensive line. So, That's exactly right. And and as you know, having your kids are uh, are about, about the same space apart. as My kids are 20 months apart. And I remember when they were your kid's age, I was a very angry person. So yes, yes, that yes. that's most of BYU's linemen right now. Yes. yes, and I always look for college football like the 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 games where a team there's that type of mismatch where teams will just quit. Like, hey, we're not going to be good this year. This sucks. I don't want to get I don't want to get just like 
you know, pancaked into the ground over and over. So that's my lock of the week. Now everything that I just said will probably go reverse, but uh, I do think BYU <laughs> will put it on Arizona, and I think Arizona is going to be very, very bad. And I think no, actually, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give a, a thought on Alabama, Miami, because you know what? Like, I every time, every time we do this first game for Alabama. And we're like, oh, maybe this is the year that the Saban thing kind of slows down. They're gonna, they're gonna kill Miami. They're gonna kill my, Miami. My, my thought on that is, God, that's a lot of points. But then I ran into somebody in the airport who'd been going to some different, you know, somebody in our business who'd been going to a bunch of different practices. And I said, you know, I'm kind of excited about Alabama, Miami because we don't know what Alabama's offense is going to be, and and Miami's pretty good. And they go, I was at practice. Um, body types. Yeah, not 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 the same as Clemson or or Alabama. Or, and I'm like, no, yeah. come on, it's Miami. They're supposed to have dudes. Here's the trick I use, and I'll leave you with this: the vis- visualization trick. So if you close your eyes and think about this game on Saturday, what's a more likely thing to start the game? You just did the 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 Big t- uh, Ten start, the noon start. But what's more likely? Is it going to be that Miami comes out? and marches down the field and scores, or is it going to be Alabama comes out, 10-yard run, 5-yard pass, 60-yard pass for a touchdown, then Miami gets the ball. Uh, Those three and run out. For, Alabama run for zero, team. run yeah. for zero, uh, overthrow on, the, on an out, and then a 7-yard sack punt. And then it's like, okay, well, there's the game. That's, that's what we expected. That's, I know which one's going to happen. It's the second one, not the first one. Damn it. I wanted more out of that game. Because you, you can see right. it, too. You can see it. Like, you can see sitting on your couch, and Alabama's up 7 nothing. We're four minutes in the game, and Miami's already punted. <laughs> Big Cat just crushing my dreams. But thank you for coming on. For, for those who don't know, Big Cat basically had to swim to work today up in yes. New York City. Uh, I think, you know, maybe had an oar, a, a PJ Fleck row the boat oar somewhere yes. in his apartment. And, Big and, Ten and West, co-champions. Down. Big Ten West Coast champions. Throw that out there for the other things I love about college football is I I always will pull up the losing team's uh, coach doing their press conference. I watched that press conference on Facebook Live as as, uh, PJ Flex said, we won the Big Ten West, we just didn't get invited to Indy. It's like, no, that's that's not how that works. Wisconsin just went to your house and beat you. That is not how it works. He is the one true champion of sports podcasting. Big Cat, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll uh, see you on Monday night. I'm excited to recap everything. (laughs) 